zombies have taken over the world, and the world needs heroes. Hi folks, Timothy Harvey. The Outbreak Challenge, OutbreakChallenge.com, has become a sponsor of Zompocalypse Now. Use your real-life steps and exercise to run from and battle the zombies on an interactive fitness adventure in the apocalyptic wasteland. And you can do this alone, you can do it with your friends, see who survives. They have 17 different races and challenges to choose from. All of them have unique stories and themes. If you survive the challenge, they'll send you a real-life medal. Now, this thing will easily pair with your Fitbit, your Apple Watch, other smart wearables. It is definitely a fun way to stay in shape or get back in shape after the last couple of years. We could probably all use some help with that. Now, if you want to try the Outbreak Challenge for yourself, you can save 15% off by going to their website, OutbreakChallenge.com, pick the race you want, and enter in the code ZOMBIERUN to save 15% off. That's our coupon code, ZOMBIERUN you get as listeners of the show to take advantage of the outbreak challenge try this out for yourself see if it works for you thanks so much folks and now let's get into our episode do you fear the zombie uprising are you prepared to survive what's coming if you listen very carefully you might just make it out alive this is Apocalypse Now. Let's let's talk about ice cream. You know, uh, we do this so much where we talk about anything but the episode <laughs> that we are covering. And it's it's so funny because like I feel like sometimes we do it on episodes that are really, really good. Like this one is really, really good. I had and... something on my mind the whole damn time though. Okay. And that's the, the what is the infrastructure of uh the Commonwealth? Because I was just thinking about, okay, they've got Rocky Road ice cream in there. It looks like it's got sprinkles on it. Now, 10 years go by, the old timey sprinkles aren't going to make, aren't going to be any good. And so they probably got to make their own sprinkles. Now, did they hire a Korean company to ship them to us? Because there's no curse word. Sprinkle factory in the Commonwealth. How do the hell do they refine sugar? Where does all the milk and cream come from? <laughs> Curtis got lost. <laughs> Folks, That's where my this, head was the whole episode. This is Apocalypse Now, where we ask the tough questions. If you've watched five episodes of how it's made, you're going to go, this shit's not possible. But Curtis, <laughs> you are trying to, to apply real world logic to a show that has left that behind. I know. Like, Long time ago. You know, yeah, That's it's why just... it's, it's closer to the magical world of Harry Potter <laughs> than it is to actual zombie world. Well, because uh... here's the thing. Here's the thing, Curtis. They couldn't make a like like what what it would essentially be, which would basically be like the 1800s community. Yeah. Out of the Commonwealth. Yeah. They have to show that this place, because because then like nobody, they'd all be like, oh, curse word. Stop. We we could do that. It needs to, they need to show uh, that it is society just like it was before. And that, my friend, includes sprinkles. <laughs> well, it also includes abject poverty, apparently, given the apartment. That well, duh. <laughs> I mean, this I mean, this show, this episode on a second watch, which is what we're doing, because Tim lost the other one, just beats you, especially if you, this is the second time you watched it, beats you over the head with the racism and, you know, like like with people like virtue sig signaling and and uh, just blatantly like trying to. Un like cover up subtly like the hey it really actually still curse word it sucks here <laughs> you know <laughs> so i since I, I did tell you what show you're listening to which we presume that you already know hi welcome if you stumbled across us completely by accident welcome to the show i'm timothy harvey and i am dustin and i am curtis we are discussing. Should have looked up the name of the uh, episode. We're close to starting to discuss. 
Right. We are, we are <laughs> circling around discussing. <laughs> We're considering the possibility of thinking about <laughs> the idea of maybe discussing gun control. The lucky ones. The lucky this is this is episode 12 of season 11 in the year of our lord. <sighs> yeah. Um <laughs> Called the whatever year ones. you're listening to us in exactly present day god i hope i'm dead when you hear this you know you my, go, that guy's one of my dead. That's biggest sad. biggest pet peeves and i feel like movies have kind of stopped doing this is when a movie is like you know starts off 1975 and does a whole like cold open of 1975 and then jumps to 30. present day and it's obviously like 1982 <laughs> and it's like why not just say it's the year or maybe the year before the year after and just save us all the pain present day that's curse word marky post <laughs> <laughs> and we all know she's dead in the early 2000s i think i don't know miss marky post i miss night court so she the walking dead everybody <laughs> oh did you know they're making a uh a, yes. a reboot yes there's a reboot with john larroquette yep <clears throat> no we are still not talking about the walking dead john larroquette won three emmys on that show he's fantastic did you ever see the john larroquette show where he played the night manager of a bus station no yes oh it was so good i um, love that show and my favorite part was that one of the act one of the characters was a prostitute who worked out of the bus station and she was like his main love interest on the show was this prostitute who hung out in the bus station i'd probably enjoy that so the walking the dead fashion that goes along with it daryl chill mitchell got his start on that show he was on that show when he had the motorcycle accident that paralyzed him. Who? Uh, he plays Wendell on Fear of the Walking Dead. Oh. But his first, like, big thing was the John Larroquette show, where he oh, played the wow. owner of the Dang. diner. Tying it right back in. From Night Court, Mar Marky Post to Night Court to John Larroquette to that dude, back to Walking Dead. Now, what was the name of this episode? The Lucky the, Ones. The Lucky Ones. And... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Dustin said, there's not a lot. There, it's it's more subtle on the first watch, and and it definitely is a lot more. And it's not not so much that it's blunt. It's just that it's not sugarcoated. From what we've seen so far, this episode really kind of gives you a lot more of a sense of the rot mm -hmm. at the core, and the fact that the people in charge either can't see the rot because of their position of privilege or they just think they deserve it so they don't care yes or the you know it's it's a yeah an intentional sort of thing yeah see if the if the if the zombie thing happened later years later then maggie would have told uh president annie lennox to check her curse word privilege mm. she would have said that but they didn't have that phrase Oh, and here's the crazy thing. This is crazy because uh, the first time I wa we watched this episode, I remember that scene where uh, they're sitting on the log talking, mm -hmm. uh, thinking that they were like, you know, like this was a bonding moment between them and that, you know, that President Annie Lennox or Governor Annie Lennox was making a lot of, a lot of good points. And the second time watching it through, it's chilling. Because it's like, you know, she is dog whistling so hard for like, you know, the, you know, trying to make things back the way they were, uh, you know, make a, it's so make America great again. And I didn't even notice it the first time. Yeah, they're really subtle, but it's clear that these guys are, are uh, 2020s area era Republicans. But what's curious is that we still have this distinction between the governor and Lance in terms of actual malevolence. Right. So the governor isn't actively evil. Now, that doesn't make her a good person because we've clearly established that the world she wants to have, the world that she's helped build with the Commonwealth and where they want to take this, is not a world that is 
great for everybody involved. Yeah, she's developed her own, uh, uh, for her people, a workout regimen that trains your neck to properly fit a boot. Mm. Putting on it. Yeah. But <laughs> she's not doing it because she's like, I want power. She's doing it because she's always had power. Right. It's just the and way things are. Mm -hmm. So she's not she's not like actively being evil. It's just the passive evil that she's so used to is insidious and corrupting. Right. Right. As opposed to Lance, who is just a power hungry little yeah so it's, who do we want to talk about let's talk like about that. ezekiel and carol first because they're you know, okay. relatively easy yeah let's get sure. them out of the way to power then let's do then let's do governor annie lennox then let's do uh um earl no uh oh eugene eugene yeah okay so take it away dustin okay so um ezekiel goes in to have his uh, uh appointment uh, with that doctor who would rather be a baker and uh, <laughs> Dr. Baker, <laughs> Dr. Baker. Uh, and you make his brother. They're like, yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, well, just don't eat anything, you know, the day before and like, you know, get ready. And, you know, we need to, you know, have you on. And, and Ezekiel's like, what are you talking about? And and, and uh, Dr. Baker's like, oh, hey, you didn't know uh, you're getting your surgery next week to remove that tumor. You've moved up the list. And instead of being happy, uh, Ezekiel's martyr complex uh, fires right up. And it's like, wait, what? How did that happen? What does all this mean? What about my bill? And of course, this is one of the most horrible things. It's like, you know, this new world is, you know, tax medical bills. And so he cannot, like, accept that some miracle has happened. And he is like really shocked about it and so in well he should be this isn't this doesn't make any sense in the context context of what he's been introduced to in this in this environment right but i don't think yet we i don't feel like uh we have seen yet ezekiel's uh uh brushes with the totalitarianism of this place i mean he's yeah he's he's having you know curse word medical care because he has to pay for it and he has to pay for it um but that's uh you know i well, think you know, <clears throat> this is a lot more he's in he's in that that strata of society where it's more like you're almost invisible mm -hmm. to the the folks who are actively doing evil unto others in this society he's not in those he's not moving in those circles no yeah. he's a he runs a petting zoo essentially yeah. But yeah, so he hasn't really been exposed to the corruptness of the system, except through the fact that he's got to pay for medical care. Right. And so this is the first time that he's kind of like starting to question, like, what, how, how did this happen? How did my, my debt get wiped away? And uh, so when Carol comes over and she's like, hey, I heard a thing. I heard a thing about a thing. And uh, he tells her and she doesn't seem as surprised as she should. And this is, again, one of my favorite, favorite things about uh, uh, Melissa McBride is that she has made it very plain that Carol is a bad liar. <laughs> In this, in situations where she, like, is trying to, like, like she, she could, you know, help you bury a body and not tell anybody where the body is. That's fine. But if you told her somebody's surprise party was next week, if you invited her to a surprise party, she would not be able to handle it. <laughs> like, well, we have to qualify this because she's very, very good at lying to people when she wants to arrange their deaths further down the line <laughs> because she's lying to Lance all over the place, every interaction right. she has with him. But when it comes to the people that she cares about, she is a very bad liar. Yeah. But in terms of like playing the part, because Carol is of course the walking dead's, you know, super spy. She's James Bond and modesty blaze and Barbarella and every character you could roll into a thing in here and just, in this sweet, innocent-looking package, but yeah, Jason Bourne. Oh right. yeah, oh so, well, yeah, she's definitely Jason Bourne. Solid Snake. I think that was my best analogy. <laughs> Solid Snake. Not, yeah, Snake Bliskin. 
Carol with, oh. Carol with an iPad. So so they have this great little like where where Ezekiel is like, Carol, what did you do? Black, and she's like, <laughs> yeah, she's like just a couple of thieveries and some minor spycraft. <laughs> he's like, he's like, but it's wrong. It's he gets so mad at her because he feels like it's an There's injustice. Other people who are more in need than him. Yeah. But she has the best response. He goes, why would you do this? And she goes, because I don't want you to die. Right. And I mean, it, it's the art. It, it, you can't really argue with that. Yeah. I mean, you can, but. And the funny thing is, is that like, you know, this is not some, I mean, yes, she she broke into this world uh, with Lance uh, to save Ezekiel's life, but it's not like some you know you sold your soul. You you know you you you've betrayed the person you are because this has always been who Carol is. She's going to do what she has to do for the people that she loves, and you know if that involves a little thievery and some minor spycraft, she'll do that. If it involves murdering you in the face, she will also do that. Which and has been her Ezekiel go-to move should for a just few be glad people. she didn't go around killing five people off the list. Well, they were gonna die anyway, right? Um, and yeah, she's all she's all about the not my pig, not my farm kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and she's uh, she's I uh, don't see meat and bacon on that show, so apparently they haven't got the pigs worked out yet. Well, I think pigs. I think Ezekiel cooks bacon in this episode. No, he's getting it sausages. Oh. Well, still, still, still porks. They got porks. So anyway, um, apparently a processing plant. And is and she does also say something that that is very uh, telling, again, very subtly about this episode. She says, don't you think that Governor Annie Lennox would do the exact same thing if if she had if she had to save the life of her idiot son? Like, you don't think that she's going to take advantage of her powers to get her son moved up the list i just did the same thing for you um what were you saying strictly speaking what carol's doing is wrong i mean Eh, i don't even well it is because she literally has taken advantage of a situation manipulated situation to get what she wants for someone else that she cares about over other people Mm -hmm. strictly speaking that is wrong but needs must don't want your friend to die you do whatever you can to keep him alive Okay, it's an understandable thing. But she's also very right in the fact that the folks who are in power are not going to lose any sleep about that. And they're going to think they they deserve it. Mm -hmm. Whereas Ezekiel doesn't feel like he deserves it. He feels bad. Because everybody's so selfless in this show. No, you can't go in there. I have to go. No, you can't go. Well, okay, but... Curse word. Conversation again. But... It, the thing is, is that the Walking Dead cast, this group of people, this these characters have self-selected for that. The reason we're following along with these characters is that everybody who doesn't have that mindset is dead on already the out, on, on the outside <laughs> of this group. They're, they're dead already or they've been weeded out by these people because they don't fit with this group of people. This this group of people have has self-selected for varying degrees of selfless and that's why they're still together and and kind of a family because everybody else who doesn't fit into this group doesn't stick around or survive (laughs) um carol stabs him in their sleep you know i mean whatever whatever works right in their dumb faces right in their dumb dumb pie holes anyway so uh she convinces Ezekiel to have the surgery, which he does at the end of the episode have. And uh, that was basically the end of that. Pretty much. Do you want to start uh, uh, Eugene's uh, section, sir, Curtis? Sure. I Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to. I rarely get to do this. This is always a pleasure for me, even though I always need your help. Well, you know, I don't always have to recap. You guys can It's kind of like the role you have with us. You're like the recap guy, and then we do we do color commentary and as well as you. Okay. And sometimes well, we I just mean, talk about other curse word, then that's fine, too. Let's discuss for the next 35 minutes the structure of this show <laughs> and how we can improve it. 
I know. Before we move on to Eugene's section. Gotta get to Eugene. It's important. <laughs> it's important. We pick up with him in the alley, in the alley of despair, where he's he's uh, finished burning his novel and is talking with uh, with uh, Max, who has given him for our, the audience benefit, entire story of her, of their in meeting and how she built a radio and all that. She gives a whole story, but that's for us. She's saying it to him, but, but we get he to watch it. Knows that. Well, sort of, because it is a little bit more revealing about what happened on her end of things, because they were kind of talking to each other yeah, and intentionally nice leaving model. things out, because that was part of the deal is that both communities didn't really want them talking to each other. No, no. Her brother right. was like, it was an illegal transmission. And he steps in and he tells her this curse word. Stop it. Right. But right. If, you go, if okay. you go back to those episodes there, they they both have these like firewalls. It's like these are the things we can't talk about. Right. Because they uh, are are trying to protect each other and their communities. Right. So um, um, so Eugene's had enough. He's heard enough. He's he's heartbroken already. He can't be there no more. So he leaves the alley of despair to probably go drink some more. I don't he takes know. the despair with him. Yeah, he doesn't leave it in the alley. He, he he's like, come on. And the spare's like, all right. And they That's go true. Yeah, he he doesn't leave any behind. <laughs> well, a little bit for Max. She's she's right. not. Well, Max has got her own. She you know now for some reason that makes Max mad, and we'll wonder why later. When well, I think that we have to also talk about like her and her and Mercer's interaction in her flashback, mm -hmm. where he's like. You say, you know, you can't do this sort of thing because our positions, especially our positions, are tenuous in this in this society. And I feel like he's you know, he knows like, yes, she she's the assistant to uh, the governor, but she's she's not like on that level. She's fully expendable. Mm -hmm. And he's he realizes that even as the head of the military, like if it becomes po politic for him to be out, he will be out. And I feel like he knows that. Oh, he, yeah. Yeah. Everybody uh, it's I've worked in in places where they use that fear of losing your job in order to keep you working hard. You know, you can't just curse word, relax and do your job and, and produce things. You got you got a curse word. I'm so worried that they're going to say it's that that mentality and it's damaging to uh, the company. In this case, President Annie Lennox society. Well, I think right. they're also aware that that they are on the outside of this group of privileged people. Right. This is the they are not the ruling class. Right. And no, they're, not. they're allowed to come to the parties, but only work barely. the parties. They work the parties. Yeah, they pretty much work. The the, uh, uh, Max had a clipboard that whole time. Yeah, like she was at the party. She could maybe have snuck a glass of champagne. Maybe. Yeah, she was putting out fires and whatnot. Anyways, uh, so later on, uh, you know, some more Walking Dead happens, and then we uh, then we cut back to Eugene, who's standing outside Max's door with a jar of ice cream. Well, wait, you skipped over his whole interaction with Rosita. Wait, was that then, or is that later? That was before that. Oh, okay, right. So, okay, so Eugene is sitting on the pier of a lake, sitting yes. on dog of a lake, yeah, and and uh, some lady is painting a portrait of his big, long braided ponytail. Crippling. She's she jabbing, <laughs> jabbing at the, at the canvas. Like she's mad at it. Well, you see, I like, think well, here's what happened. She came to put, to paint the lake. And you like, this is like her fourth or fifth sitting to paint, like to finish this painting. And she sat down and she looked over and saw him. And instead of being like, no, I could just ignore this person who is sitting here, like I have ignored many other people who have sat on that bench while I've painted this uh, back this landscape that I've been painting. She said, no, his suffering is so palpable <laughs> and he looks so sad that he has to appear in this painting. And that made her angry because she never expected this was going to happen. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yep. It, it yep, didn't help when it didn't that's her whole story, which is way more interesting. It didn't help that Eugene's depression wandered over to ask her what she was doing. <laughs> so 
Eugene's sitting there and Rosita pulls up with her little one in her in her in her baby carriage and she sits down next to him and they have a little chit chat. What's wrong, Eugene? Uh, she, 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 she broke up with me and I can't handle it. And she isn't missing. She's just broke up with me. And, and, and I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to figure out why he didn't tell her the truth. So I had a couple of theories on that. The first is he's embarrassed. And Eugene is certainly someone who... The, yeah, the, the to tell the entirety of that tale about yourself is, like, humiliating. Yeah, he's... he and, and Eugene, Except I think that it... I mean, I mean, yeah, probably I could see that. But, you know, that's withholding important information from your society. Like... Okay. But I think in this case, it's very fresh. And that's one idea. The other idea is that at this particular point, considering how dangerous he actually knows Lance is, he might be trying to protect her. Hmm. Because if she knows, then that potentially... (laughs) He's not going to be giving anybody any details about anything from now on. Well, I mean, he's he's been with Rosita for that. That's his original. Like he used to watch her in Abraham. Curse word. Like you know. Yeah. So I feel like he would, you know, he wouldn't be as humiliated, especially after she does. Because she gives him a really good pep talk. Yeah, she and makes him realize that. Yeah, she she tells him like you've grown so much. You're such a you know good. You have become such a good person, and we that have a real it worse because you know. for all the fact that Eugene was taken in by professionals, Stephanie is clearly a pro at role playing wow. and, mm-hmm. and sex as a weapon. He has grown a lot, he has become a valuable member of this society of, of the core group society. He's a, become a good person, and that almost makes it worse to be taken in by it. Eugene already gives himself more grief than anybody else gives him mm-hmm. at this point. So, I mean, I, I, that's that's how I, those are the two different things that kind of read to me is that. Well, he's he's biologically wired to have low self-esteem, um, but he still has the balls to wear a braided rat tail. A long ass braided rat tail that's got like some embellishments in it. And it's like, does he get up and do that every day? I nah, I don't think so. How much shampoo do you think there is floating around Alexandria at this point? Who's well, making anyway, the shampoo? So do, do you suppose it's because of uh, Rosita's pep talk that Eugene decides to go to Max's house with ice cream? I think so. I think that- I think so, too. Now we're there. <laughs> and so he knocks on the door. She opens it. She's like, curse word. You, I was in that alley for like two hours trying to get out of that fence that you closed behind you, you prick. And the fumes from your novel that you were burning. God, it smelled like Pulp Fiction back there. Not to mention you left some of your despair behind. I did not appreciate it. So anyway, for some reason, she's mad at him. And and he's like, wait, wait, wait. You got to please open the door. Please open the door. I brought ice cream and it's cold. And she's like, okay, you got ice cream. You can come on in. So Eugene apologizes, begs for forgiveness and for an opportunity to make it up to her. And she's like, yeah, I don't know. So he goes to walk off and then she's like, can I read your novel? He's like, well, as fortune would have it, I have, I have recently prioritized my novel. But I have committed much of it to memory. And then they have this. You wrote it, you idiot. Huh? You wrote it. Of course, it's in your memory. That's true. Well, you know, I mean, it's still fresh there. He should probably get to work on it before it gets bad. But anyway, they have a little conversation about the plot and the story structure. And clearly, it's made very clear to us that those two are a match. And it's it's, Mm -hmm. they've known it. And now they've reconnected. And they can start building a lovely relationship of thick, goopy love feelings. Nerd love. Oh, it's the best Nerd kind love's of love. always the best kind of love. Oh, yeah. So, Curtis, I think the reason that she's angry is partially 
the fact that she's having a hard time believing that Eugene could think that fake Stephanie was real Stephanie. Even yeah. though real Stephanie Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She Stephanie brings that too. up. How the curse word. Did you not know? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, I didn't want to question it. It was all happening and it was great. They brought in a smoke show <laughs> as they put her in an Al Gore sweater. And then they put her in some librarian glasses. And that lady said, hey, I'm real into you. And instead of being like, are you the really the person who I've been talking to? He just said, yes, thank you. Remember when she showed up? very first when they first got to the the commonwealth and she says i'm stephanie and we were all like no your curse word not <laughs> we knew but he but his dick was doing the listening for him well yeah. he'd never he'd never he'd never seen her in the flesh it'll have been voice on on the on the radio and she knew just enough and eugene doesn't have relationships with women he wanted it too badly he was he's he was, too he was, naive and that's just, and that's, that's an experience thing. And, and he's none of you are going to believe this, but I have the same problem so much, so much now that, that if a woman is interested in me, I just assume right off the bat that she's feigning interest and that I should probably end the conversation. <laughs> just go. I should just go. <laughs> there are, I, I think there's a, a not insignificant percentage of the relationships I've been in my life that. I was in them partially because they were interested in me. And it wasn't because I was just like, when is this going to happen again? Sometimes I talk to catfish for weeks and I tell my sister, I'll be, I'll be, you know, chatting with one of them and she'll be like, Oh, who are you talking to? I was like, Oh, this catfish. He says that he's uh he's uh, in the military, uh, but he's from Austin and he'll be coming in a couple of months. And she goes, yeah, that's a good one. And okay. I said, oh, yeah, I love that one. And, I got uh, catfished one time. I remember this so clearly because it was horrible. Uh, um, just a, like an afternoon hookup situation, you know. We didn't know each other. We just met on, I don't know, Facebook Marketplace or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and she shows at my house, and I realized she's a catfish. And I figured in for a penny, in for a pound, and it was about 300 pounds. Just went ahead well, it see, was awful the the catfish is nowadays like like that guy the, that military guy that's over in iraq and he's gonna be home in a couple of months in like three weeks he's gonna start being like hey could you send me five hundred dollars for a plane right. ticket yeah or like i had one guy who was so like interested in he kept mentioning cryptocurrency and i was like oh what's he doing what's he trying to do like <laughs> where's he trying to go with this one cryptocurrency and of course it was like he's trying to get me to give him money to invest in cryptocurrency sure. and it was just like uh i i keep waiting how are you gonna get there buddy and you know he just did it in a, such a blocky way but this know? is this is eugene's whole life this is what he expects all day long that so, just somebody's gonna try to fuck him over and in this case, he's finally met a girl, likes him back, in, in spite of the jealousy feelings that she had about fake Stephanie, number one. She's fake Stephanie, number two, and but Max. I, Max Max was hurt by that thought, and I you can understand that being hurt. But oh, she's, God, yeah, that's like offensive. It's not the kind of hurt that is going to last, though. Even if Eugene had not shown up at her door, she wouldn't have been as angry with him in a few days. It would have still hurt, but it wouldn't have been like, she's talked to Eugene enough to know that Eugene is an easy mark for these kinds of people. Right. And we right. miss one of the really interesting things that's, uh, I think, just a lovely bit of, of telling, because when Mercer warns her in the flashback, like, well, they're going well, to figure out if it's you. Like they're going to, you know, what if you, because everybody's heard these tapes and taping the conversations, everybody's heard the tapes, you know, they're going to some sooner or later, somebody's going to figure out that it's you. And so Max goes into the governor's office and drops keywords, like says things that she said in the conversations with, with Eugene to see if the governor will realize that the voices are the same. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I thought that was very interesting. I well, you, you look at you look at Max and Mercer, and they are both very smart people. 
mm-hmm. who are operating within the confines that they've been put into by the society. But within those confines, they are very clever and they are using that to as much of their advantage as they can without exposing themselves. If they end up not surviving this season, that will be a shame because both of these characters are interesting. I, I'm but, curious of your opinion. If uh, Max was a forest creature, what 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 type of forest creature would she be? I'm thinking pelican. That's not a forest creature. It's it's among the creatures of the world. Well, I was I was kind of thinking like like um, a chipmunk. Okay. Or or you know some sort of uh, like chubby squirrel. Yeah. Well, that would work because Eugene is clearly an otter. She's a raccoon, so she can do cute little things with her hands. Ooh, ooh, my favorite. Yep, her glasses. Yep, yep. 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 There we go. So, um, I think. Oh, by the way, let's not let's not forget that the whole nerd exchange. And by the way, folks, if you've never actually encountered us in real life or seen pictures of us. We are the nerds too. There's no illusions here. Yeah. Enjoy um, your neon lit cocktail bars. We are. That's not where you're going to meet us. And 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 hey, you know what? It's worked out pretty well for us so far. So yep. the Live the whole dream. little back and forth about the kind of story that he's telling in his novel is such a wonderful mix of really bad just bad storytelling on his part in terms of the novel because it's like we're i'm staying away from these cliches so he's trucked in a whole bunch of new ones and a different set of cliches and it's (laughs) this sounds like a really bad book but it was probably a lot of fun would be a lot of fun to read and it's yes, madness. it would absolutely be a book that Tim and I would talk about on this show after we listened to it on Audible. Oh yeah, I mean it was just like this is terrible. I <laughs> oh, love it. They're gonna they're gonna come out with this book, and it will probably be written by the actor who plays Eugene. That would be hilarious, and I would I would listen I would to definitely it. listen to it. Or, Babylon yeah. Five came out with an album called The B Fives. That's basically doo-wop, kind of fun. Sure. <laughs> anyway, I feel like were, that's these two were cute together. We done, oh, we didn't do. Uh, we didn't. Did we talk about Maggie at all? We have not. We're not. She's in with the governor's story, right? So, and since, since Curtis got to do one, I get to do one. At least I got to kick it off here. All right, that's fair. So the governor uh, is on a tour. Watch your pauses, though. I have because to edit Lance, out every single one of them. I have, <laughs> How many ums do I edit out for Dustin every damn time? Worry. I don't care about that anymore. I'm going to have a soundtrack. You spend hours doing it, don't you? I'm going to have a a little sound effect of a semi-truck driving by every time there's a pause. (laughs) Curse word. Um, Instead of cutting them, because it's funner that way. So lance has tried to sell the governor on bringing in our three different communities you know alexandria oceanside and hilltop she has basically gone in with the idea that it's going to be all or nothing except that seems to be something more like what lance has said versus what she's really saying Mm -hmm. so they're on their little tour to go visit the various places and aaron is along because lance seems to feel like aaron owes him something Right. By uh, Aaron is in. the like the official ambassador of Teen Zombies like little part of the world. So he's like along for the ride to be like, please don't look over there. There's dead people <laughs> over there. Cover that window. I didn't see what was in that window, but I'm glad he covered it with that plant. <laughs> Problem's broken. Well, I mean, here here here, here comes the folks. Here comes the folks from the good side of town who have come to visit you in the bad side of town. And so you're trying to hide the fact that the China is chipped and none of the silverware matches. And, you know, awesome barbecue in the curse word. Right. And, (laughs) you know, and and then to find out, of course, that the the lady who, you know, helped run this community before you got there, who brought you in. And, you know, it's not exactly that you got her killed. It's just that you were there and didn't exactly save her. It turns out that she's an old friend of the governor's. 
or at least it's certainly right. an old acquaintance. And it's a little awkward, a little bit. And, uh, you know, she doesn't seem like she's she's hearing all the worst things. Right. Like like she's not hearing, you know, we've built this community, we built this community and we have defended it after attack, attack, after attack, after attack. She's hearing you've been attacked multiple times mm -hmm. and she's not hearing, you know, we built this city on rock and roll. Right. Annie Lennox. Right. So it's very she is not a fan of Alexandria almost from the get go. I don't you know, she just doesn't she doesn't feel it there. And she's already kind of told Lance it's all or nothing, which is silly. She's you know, looking around and you guys don't even have a cake shop. This is bullshit. Right. <laughs> Where are your sprinkles? Where do you get your sprinkles from? Come on, you guys. You don't even have a sprinkle factory. I'm getting the curse word. Doubt. Yeah. <laughs> and but the next stop is Oceanside. And that lesbian Amazon oasis is right up her alley. <laughs> it's got an ocean. She can put her feet in and everything. <laughs> And, you know, everybody's dressed like a little bit like it's a Ren fair. She loves it. Oh, it's going to be like the Caribbean of post-apocalypse. She's going to yes. set it up to where you can get tie-dye t-shirts in stores. Oh, yeah. It's definitely the vacation spot. Yes. The rich they and powerful. Are, because they know how to make cotton fabric from sheet. Right. They have some issues that they would like addressed first because they're not willing to play along with the governor's plans. Unless Maggie agrees. Right. She's like, curse word. Maggie and they were not, I don't even concern. think that they were expecting to go to Hilltop. Right. Like that was not on the agenda because Maggie had already said no. Yeah. And, and, and Daryl was probably already chatting about it going, place is kind of a curse word. Hold, I'm just going to warn you right now. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think Daryl would would. No, Daryl understands what Maggie's building there. Daryl, Daryl doesn't and, and understand that she can do it. Like that, you know. It, you know, they should not let Aaron run places because he's bad at it. He's he's run. He ran Hilltop into the ground. He ran Alexandria into the ground. But he can levitate out of a basement, Dustin. True. He, he has a he has vast sorcerer's powers that have not previously been revealed. So, um, so they have to go to Hilltop, even though nobody wants to. And on the way there, they find Maggie and uh, some day players being attacked by walkers in the most convenient spot ever. There's only five square miles, and no matter where they are in the United States, The Walking Dead only takes place in five square miles. Right. Car their clam caravan is going all the way to Hilltop. Right. And so uh, they get sidetracked by some uh, walkers. And so the governor has this great plan to, oh, let's go hunting. And uh, so she and Maggie uh, go off and everybody else pairs off. But we stick with Governor and Maggie. And they have a very interesting conversation about society like society and you know what it means to have privilege and how you use that privilege yeah and maggie is clearly on the side of right on this in this conversation yeah because of what she says right what'd she say tam about uh how she has people judge what'd she say about the judging thing well one of the things she says is you know, you've, you know, you live in a nicer house, you drive a nicer car, you, you are taking advantage of your position because, you know, you're, you have always had that position of privilege. And, you know, the governor is like, no, that's not true. Besides, a, you know, a, a leader has to project a certain image for her people to follow. And Maggie's like, I don't want, my people to follow me because of how the things that I have, I want them to follow me because of the things that I do to help them. And, you know, the governor kind of looks at her like that never occurred to me. Democrats. And, you know, <laughs> well, and she, she expresses how hard it, you know, it keeps her awake at night, worrying about all the things that could go wrong and taking care of all these people as if that's not every person who is trying to lead a company 
or you know what it, it doesn't matter what scale it's at okay we all go through that when we're worried about taking care of somebody else whether it's one person or a dozen people or a million people you're gonna have sleepless nights if you're not a sociopath mm-hmm. because you are worried about what could happen and you know we've we've been on film shoots where we were worrying about the project you know it's all a matter of scale right mm-hmm. and so the idea that it's somehow this big deal that she's like Oh, it causes me to lose sleep. It's like, yeah, and you're not you're not giving up anything by the fact that you don't sleep at night, right? And it's it's humanizing in a sense, but it's like, okay, like Maggie's not kept awake at night. Like Rick wasn't kept awake at night. Like any of these folks aren't. Negan doesn't sleep some nights. Come on, <laughs> right? Some of the things that the governor kept saying were so like dog whistles to like you know that can't we make things the way they used to be and we can build society back to when it was a good society and stuff like we that. Can, we can make things so good. There are game stops again. Well, no, that's Lance later. Lance, <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Lance comes up and just like totally ruins it later. So, um, and in a way I feel like if it wasn't so unsettling, some of the things that the governor was saying, I get the sense that they were maybe starting to see eye to eye a little bit. And maybe like if some of the things that didn't happen or that happened in the later, the episode didn't happen, Maggie would have agreed to a limited partnership uh, because I feel like at the, you know, cause there are some things that, you know, so anyway, they get back to the, to the compound and uh, that one woman who was a savior, who's been in the background of like episodes since season four of the show uh, suddenly has lines and she's like, all these Commonwealth folks have just showed up and they're doing just great. Now we're, you know, we're, we're getting, we're getting stuff and they're going to fix the wall. And somebody said they brought a porta potty and, you know, she's just, you know, so excited. They've and got Maggie's, sprinkles. Yeah. They've got sprinkles. And Lydia's there and she pipes up and she's like, let's all go to the Commonwealth and become a, become housewives and, and, you know, and have, and have, uh, you know, bake apple cobblers. Uh, and, and Maggie's like, I don't know. And they're like, are you crazy? Are you crazy? This is such a good opportunity. Why are you even considering, considering passing it up? And they know how to make xanthan gum, Maggie. Yeah. Xanthan gum. (laughs) I think at that point, Maggie was probably thinking maybe this isn't such a bad idea because well, everybody maybe, maybe not thinking that it's a maybe still thinking it's a bad idea but thinking that this is what my people want yeah and, yeah but she knows she's being catfished deep down well lance seals the deal with that because he comes over and tries to be all charming <laughs> but in that way because i don't think lance understands like the things that he says are awful you well, know the things he says he's got experience with those working on people in the commonwealth he's operating from a playbook it's the one that's worked for him so far and it's when you're talking to folks like the governor you know that's that audience Mm -hmm. maggie's not that audience he's playing the wrong script to the wrong crowd i don't think he would have recognized his mistake like he would not have like because that's the only playbook he knows right right he doesn't he doesn't have a he doesn't have a way to to adjust for maggie because he's like he comes up to her and basically is like come on you know your place is shit and you're falling apart and and then essentially it's like think of all the ways that like again he starts in on the we can make things the way that they were again but the world he describes is kind of douchey well think about the world that mag the world before for maggie was not the world he's describing it was the farm with her father with her sisters with a very different experience Mm -hmm. and everything is gone all of that is gone father family husband the only thing she's got left is her son and her friend daughter father and her life the life that they've they've worked so hard for and that's not the life that, that he's describing. He is smart enough to realize he put his foot in it, though, because he looks at her and goes, and now I've pissed you off. And she's kind of like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm fine. I'm not angry at all. You curse word. Snake, grass, asshat. I mean, 
she's you know she's not thrilled with him no no but luckily he's kind of saved by the bell though right a little bit yeah i believe if he would have kept talking and they hadn't been interrupted that there would have been a come to jesus talk from maggie that we'd be talking about right now instead well but i think maybe she that's that's just you know she always had a bad feeling about this and you know there have been some things that happened today that have kind of like shook that bad feeling uh like maybe tilted it towards maybe i'm just being paranoid and then lance comes in and just you know starts that ticker back the other direction mm-hmm. and i don't think she would have had it like if the conversation had continued i don't think they would have had to come to jesus but because she hadn't experienced the things she hadn't seen the things she's about to see because i think that her walking out and seeing the having the the soldiers come and just like mow down all those walkers mm-hmm. and and then seeing you know just the, the how they didn't get killed during that altercation Oh, the power of the script. Yeah. The the power of the script protected them. And that's the only thing that did, because that's not how bullets work. You didn't hear it, but Maggie said it was kind of lost in the squishy sounds of getting zombies getting stabbed. But she was like, shields up. Yes. (laughs) That's that's Star Trek Walking Dead crossover we've been waiting for. We need it so badly. So Nick Martin Green can come back. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you look awfully familiar like, i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> so yeah so when the when the time comes maggie's like you know what i don't think we're gonna yeah and you know i feel bad for lance because this is i think like the like just another tick in his villain origin story <laughs> like people oh. are not listening to me Doesn't everyone know I'm smarter than they are? He's crossed that line long before. He's got he's had his own agenda for a while before our folks even arrived here. Lance was already scheming about power, so I think we've we've had his villain origin story take place off camera. I'm surprised we have yet to have the flashback yet to show Lance before the apocalypse and and how he started off all idealistic and had all his hopes and dreams crushed and he became a cool power player in the echelons of middle government. But um, the fact that Maggie's like, no, thanks, doesn't stop some of her people from going with them. Including that one savior lady who has been in the background of scenes since... uh about season four and has only really has started having lines now so that when she leaves yeah we're like oh no it's that lady that lady's going (laughs) she's always been here what's her name i don't remember but she's always in the background like the sweater lady from the fear the walking dead but um lance has not taken it well right so lance (laughs) goes out into the woods jesus man he goes out in the woods and demonstrates the fact that Lance is not just a manipulator running his own little secret police thing going on with Spymaster Stephanie. We don't know that yet. Oh, we know. Oh, no, never mind. Yes, we do. Yep. And uh, and he turns out to not be too bad of a shot. He's an impossible shot. Those shots cannot be made with a gun that size. I'm sorry. I know a little bit about guns pretty good with them there's no i don't care how many rounds you put through one you're not gonna go four for four on headshots from that distance never are the number of headshots that are actual effective headshots in this show has always been ludicrously high oh yeah and that's where they get the sprinkles (laughs) (laughs) wait are you saying that they have all are... the they have all the the oses they have sucrose you know how in a video game and fructose all in a building <laughs> you know how in a in a video game sometimes back in the good old days you would shoot an enemy and like coins would come out That's where the sprinkles come from yeah, that's okay. what spring like sprinkles are in world <laughs> like when you get a good when you get a headshot on a on a walker you get sprinkles mm-hmm that you know what i think i think i figured it out i think 
that the Commonwealth is actually located in Hershey, Pennsylvania, mm. because you guarantee you can get a Mars bar anywhere in the Commonwealth, <laughs> a fresh, delicious Mars bar. It's entirely possible. Doesn't not that, that wouldn't rule it out. And at three o'clock every day, the sluices open and the M and M's come. <laughs> Don't be in the streets when the M and M's come, children. <laughs> you will be you will be carried away by the M and M's. It's a tsunami of sprinkles of M and M's. Oh dear. Yeah. Well, so basically, the episode ends with with. Aaron coming across Lance. He's like, Lance, you okay? And Lance is like, oh, I'm fine. I'm just biffy. And Here, let's uh, do the scene, Tim. I'll be, I'll be Aaron. You, are, are you okay, buddy? Doing good? Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay. I said I'm fine. Bye, buddy. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine, damn it. Yeah, he's he's not fine. But we knew that. We knew that Lance was bad news. Um, remember, remember that scene in uh, in Pink Floyd's The Wall when they're doing. Uh, there's a shot where the the protagonist or whatever the star of the movie looks up and he's got this maniacal look of curse word, crazed delight on his face <laughs> while he's sitting in the middle of this room that he's arranged. In that, we guys remember this movie. I don't think I've ever seen the wall. Curse word. Well, there goes my analogy. Anyway, uh, Lance kind of gives him that look. He turns around and he's just like maniacal. You can see. Oh yeah, it. it's it's the kind of big happy smile that, generally speaking, you see that you're picking up your kids and you're walking away very fast. Um, you're you know you're checking for where your wallet is. You're making sure they're not following you home. Yeah, uh, it's it's a very angry man who's making that smile. <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of anger issues. Well, his plans Carol have gone awry. He's fine. He's perfectly fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. He'll get over it. Right. Or Why Daryl's okay? Will because he lacks ambition. He's just trying to figure stuff out. He's just not looking to run curse word he's raising two kids that he didn't expect to have on a policeman's salary i still want to see the alternate universe where daryl gets his hair cut and he becomes a young, young republican because right. how much of daryl's character is tied into his hair at this point? He's gonna, he's oh, gonna just, i like just i'm daryl. not i can't even go into how much of a mistake that was anymore i can't i can't think about it anymore about folks if you have not heard was. the previous episode where we do go into that <laughs> Dustin breaks it down rather nicely there. And I'm not going to do it again, so go back and listen. By all rights, Daryl should be constantly covered in lice powder, just head to toe. Just once again, your reminder that everyone in the Walking Dead universe has noses that don't work anymore because everybody stinks. Yeah, I'm sure when they go to the go to uh, President Annie Lennox's house, they're like, hmm, this house smells the least like ass of any house that I've been in. <laughs> In 10 years, I cannot smell more than 5% ass in this house. Their olfactory senses have become so acute. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, uh, I have a confession to make. I enjoy the scent of skunk stink. I do too. Yeah. Not like right up close, but when you're driving down the road and you smell it and you're like, oh, there he is. Yeah, yeah. It smells good. I do, not. and that was before I enjoyed weed mm. because that I've can always have a liked very similar odor. Um, yeah, I just I, the other day I, I uh, hit one in my car and oh no, I enjoyed the enjoyed that smell. And this, oh, folks, this is what you can count on from us every episode. Yes, Dustin, he was hit by a car. He's a skunk. They're fragile. Oh no! But they I go squish. See, the great thing was. I just zoomed by, right? So I hardly got any of it, right? But my friends were coming back from fishing. They got the brunt of it. It was like a cloud when they went through it. They were kind of mad at me. But I was like, that poor skunk was in. It was dark, and I didn't see the curse word. Skunk in the road, and I hit it. Otherwise, I would have stopped. Oh, that skunk had it coming. And it's the worst thing you can do to swerve when you when there's an animal in front. Yes, never swerve when you're driving down the road and you see an animal. Never do it. It's bad and scary and bad. And you could hurt Just yourself. Take the damage to your car if you have to. If it's a moose, I don't know. I don't know what to do if it's a moose. 
That's just you're gonna die. I hope you're not gonna die. That's pretty much what 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 happens there. So this has been uh, Roadkill Chat. <laughs> Thank you Again, for joining this, us. This deep, insightful commentary that you will find from us on every episode of Zumpocalypse. Now, and you know what? You know what? You guys. They can also find all of our unedited material if they join our Patreon page, uh, where we post our unedited, diatribe-filled, rant and rabbit-chasing edition of this show. Oh, so much of this stuff. I thought about that. I'm not entirely sure that's a benefit. Well, that's not for us to decide, Curtis. That's right. Uh, that's for, that's that's for our that's for our our listeners to decide for themselves. It's the last couple episodes. Here's what you're gonna get for your Patreonage. You're gonna get some extra time because it won't be as compact, and you're just gonna get extra time because I left all the racist stuff that Tim says in it all anyway. It's terribly racist yeah. in those. <laughs> I'm 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 not. I'm not i'm not he folks. thinks he's not i'm not he joined a club and, uh... <laughs> he joined a club <laughs> oh my yeah friends so... are all pissing in his ear about it <laughs> go to patreon.com look up zompocalypse now the very name of this podcast and you will find us there you can see all our different levels decide what you would like to take advantage of to get the things you want from the various perks we offer Hey, you know, we'd appreciate it if you guys do that. If you don't have the money, we all know that sometimes you don't have the money. You have the you money. Know. It's a dollar for curse word sake. We've all been there, though, though. So if you don't, if you could leave us a rating or a comment on whatever the podcast platform of your choice is, ratings do help. Um, it helps people find the show. That's how the algorithm works. It's a cool thing. You can take advantage of that. Here's what and- I think we should do instead of instead of the unedited. I think we should do another podcast only for the patreon ones that review the podcast that we just did a review though we could start at the very first one we could start at our very first podcast and listen to it and then oh you know what there should be there could be something to the retrospective review of our early stuff we'll have to put that idea aside and come back maybe we should maybe we should read some of our old articles into podcast form Oh, hey, I'd considering like that. that most of them are written like conversations, we could do that because they're basically scripts. And you just have me going, Abe, save the day. Hashtag. <laughs> I love us, you guys. Pretty much. Pretty much. Well, we hope that you've enjoyed loving us, too. Um, and uh, or at least tolerated us for this episode if you are not checking out the outbreak challenge they are the sponsor of the show and we did a race and we got medals and it was cool and you should check that out it's a fun way to stay a little bit healthier maybe get back in shape maybe lose some weight at least keeping yourself moving it's a good thing to do anyway um and check them out it's pretty cool so outbreakchallenge.com use the code zombie run to save 15 percent off your first race and we did a race and we're probably going to do another one get it all lined up but um yeah check that out yeah let's and... wait for the hottest month to do another i know <laughs> well you know sweat the weight off right <laughs> all right folks we appreciate you guys listening thank you dustin thank you curtis thank you dustin Thank you, Tim. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. <laughs> uh huh. It was right. Tim's birthday this week. Yes. You have no idea what week this is, though, because we don't say. <laughs> and it's not the week of the show. <laughs> you know, it's not the week it's coming out. Either. Not even. <laughs> not even. <laughs> no. Yep. So we promise that if you uh, if you subscribe to our Patreon, we'll start putting these out at a at a reasonable rate. We have a plan to actually get back to something. Dustin, oh, Dustin and I for a while did pretty well with actually recording on Sunday nights and then having the episode out by like Wednesday or Thursday. And it was that it was the episode that was brand new that Sunday. So um, but the world gets in the way sometimes and everybody experiences that um, we're catching up or we're getting our way there. Curtis has been really helping out with the editing and so we're getting closer to where we want to be with that and we hope that you guys have enjoyed what we've done so far and they're going to stick around for when things are a lot more you know timely 
So, because we've got a lot of other stuff besides the zombie stuff, the Walking Dead world that we'd like to be watching and talking about too. So, yeah, it's Pride Month. We have to do Pride Month stuff. It, I, it's where we live. It's Pride Month. I don't know what month Pride Month. Well, is. June is June is national. Like that's the the. It's anyway. Pride. It's it's international. June is Pride Month. So definitely uh, um, join us for our next episode, wherever that may be in your personal timeline. We hope that you have enjoyed this one, and we hope that you'll join us then on our next episode of Soft Apocalypse Now. Curse word! Zompocalypse Now is produced and recorded by Timothy Harvey, Dustin Adair, and Curtis Smith for Just Some Guy Productions. All rights reserved. <laughs>